Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and it is a pleasure to get to speak to you. During the time of the Babylonian captivity, the Jews found themselves in exile, living in a land that was not their own and under the thumb of an oppressive regime. As they went about their lives in captivity, they felt the need to place the blame for their situation, and the last people they wanted to blame were themselves. They placed blame by using what we will call the sour grapes proverb. This can be found in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 2, where we find, What do you mean by using this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers ate the sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge? In other words, their thinking followed this path. God told our fathers that this was going to happen if they did not straighten up. Well, look at us now. We are being punished for the sins of our fathers. We are being punished for things that we didn't even do. To put it another way, we are not to blame. It is not our fault. That's pretty effective reasoning, and it hasn't lessened in popularity one bit from the time of the children of Israel using it in Babylon. Today, the idea that is often expressed when the younger generation does wrong and they find their teeth set on edge, it is because of the actions of the generations that preceded them. No one is to be blamed as an individual. Blame the past. Blame the environment in which I grew up. Blame society, but whatever you do, don't blame me. Individual responsibility and accountability, they are things of the past, and it wasn't too popular back then. Whatever happens is always somebody else's fault. We find this way of thinking in our homes, in the schools, in the courts, and in society in general. It is even found in many mainline churches as they seek to minimize personal accountability for sin. But the truth is, This philosophy is just as false today as it was in the time of Ezekiel. As we begin to talk about the sour grapes proverb, I suppose that we do need to acknowledge that there is an element of truth in it. It is true that when fathers eat the sour grapes of sin, their children often suffer the consequences, or their teeth are set on edge. In our daily observation of life, we often see children suffering not because of any sins that they have committed, but as a result of the sins of their parents. There are children born addicted to drugs because of the sins of their parents. There are children born deformed or handicapped in some way because of the sins of their parents. There are children who have been severely injured in wrecks caused by a drunken parent and so on. We would also have to acknowledge that children tend to acquire the habits and appetites of their parents. If the children's parents were immoral, 
there's a very good chance that the child will grow up as immoral as well. If the child's parents were sluggards, there's a very good chance the child will grow up thinking that society owes them a living. If a child acquires these wrong habits and attitudes from his or her parents, when they grow and practice such, he or she will reap what they have sown and will be held accountable by God. So there are some ways in which there is an element of truth to the sour grapes proverb. But fundamentally, the whole idea is false. God does not inflict real punishment upon the innocent. And Ezekiel makes this clear as he attacks the proverb and shows it to be false. While the entire 18th chapter of Ezekiel deals with this question, we want to concentrate on just a few verses. Let's begin by looking once again at verse 2 and reading verses 3 and 4. It says, What do you mean by using this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers eat, ate the sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge? As I live, declares the Lord God, you're surely not going to use this proverb in Israel anymore. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins will die. While innocent people may suffer consequences of other men's sins, it is not true that they suffer because God is angry with them. There is no element of divine anger in their suffering. The same holds true for those who are victims of other men's sins. For instance, God holds no anger toward the newborn child that was conceived out of wedlock, conceived in sin. God condemns the illicit relationship that resulted in the birth of that child, but there is no sin inherited by the child. Individual accountability for our own actions is what is taught in God's word not only in Ezekiel 18, but in many other places as well. I think of 1 John chapter 3, verses 4-8, through 8, where John wrote the following, Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. As we can see, the emphasis is placed upon individual accountability. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil. Each individual, answerable for his or her own actions, that is what God teaches. In verses 5-9 through nine of Ezekiel 18, it is as clear as it can be that God will judge each of us according to our own individual behavior. Ezekiel wrote, But if a man is righteous and practices justice and righteousness and does not eat at the mountain shrines or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, or defile his neighbor's wife, or approach a woman during her menstrual period, if a man does not oppress anyone, but restores to the debtor his pledge, does not commit robbery, but gives his bread to the hungry, and covers the naked with clothing, if he does not lend money on interest or take interest, if he keeps his hand from iniquity, 
and executes true justice between man and man. If he walks in my statutes and in my ordinance so as to deal faithfully, he is righteous and will surely live, declares the Lord God. A really interesting thing about the sour grapes philosophy is that many times not only do the guilty people seek to shift the blame to those who will hold it, but so does the one being blamed. By way of illustration, just consider the case of parents who have a grown child who lives an immoral, ungodly life, completely forsaking the Lord. Many times parents who have done the best they could will ask, where did I go wrong? Where did I fail? It must be my fault. That is the sour grapes proverb. But my friends, Ezekiel makes it clear that the just father is not to be held accountable for the actions of his sinful son or daughter. Looking at verses 10 through 13 of Ezekiel 18, we find, Then he may have a violent son who sheds blood and who does any of these things to a brother, though he himself did not do any of these things. That is, he even eats at the mountain shrines and defiles his neighbor's wife, oppresses the poor and needy, commits robbery, does not restore a pledge, but lifts up his eyes to the idols and commits abomination. He lends money on interest and takes increase. Will he live? He will not live. He has committed all these abominations. He will surely be put to death. His blood will be on his own head. The just father is not held accountable for the sins of his child. The son or daughter, just as the father, have a free will. He or she is able to think and act and is therefore responsible for their own decisions and their own actions. As parents, we have the responsibility to train our children by both precept and example. The Apostle Paul made that clear in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 when he wrote, And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We need to realize that as parents, we are imperfect. We do make mistakes from time to time in the rearing of our children. But if we instruct our children as to what God's will is for them, if they live a life of faithful child of God before them, Ezekiel teaches us that we are not to blame if they grow up and choose the path of sin. Was God to be blamed when Adam and Eve sinned? Absolutely not. God had instructed both of them clearly. They knew what he wanted them to do and not to do. They then exercised the freedom of choice and made the wrong decision. They sinned. They were to be blamed. Parents have the responsibility to bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If they have done so and the children choose wickedness, the parents are not to be blamed, either by themselves or by others. That is the sour grapes proverb. And Ezekiel shows that it does not hold true. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 is well known and tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. A proverb is a truism, an expression illustrating some well-established truth. But it does not mean that it will be absolutely true in every single case. Generally speaking, a child will retain and practice most of the principles that were instilled in him or her by their parents. However, 
This proverb does not remove the free will of the child. It is undoubtedly true that in many cases, if not most, when a child of parents who were Christians grows up only to forsake the Lord, it is probable that the parents did not make the Lord the first priority in their own lives and thus did not instill the proper love and respect for the Lord in that child. But we do wrong to turn to Proverbs 22 verse 6 in every case and try to place the blame upon the parents. Every person has a free will and as such can either accept or reject the very best teaching and training. Ezekiel addressed the sinful child. What about the sinful father? We ask the question, does the child inherit the guilt of the sins of his father? Well, let's read Ezekiel 18 verses 14 through 20. There we find, now behold, he who has a son who has observed all his father's sins which he committed, and observing does not do likewise. He does not eat at the mountain shrines, or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, or defile his neighbor's wife, or oppress anyone, or retain a pledge, or commit robbery, but he gives his bread to the hungry and covers the naked with clothing. He keeps his hand from the poor, does not take interest or increase, but executes my ordinances and walks in my statutes. He will not die for his father's iniquity. He will surely live. As for the father, because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, and did what was not good among his people, behold, he will die in his iniquity. Yet you say, why should the son not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity? When the son has practiced justice and righteousness and has observed all of my statutes and done them, he shall surely live. The person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. Verse 20 in particular destroys the sour grapes proverb. It is the individual who sins that shall die. Neither righteousness or iniquity is transferable from father to son or from son to father. When an individual sins, it is a personal rebellion against God. And as Paul said in Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, so then each one of us shall give account of himself to God. My friends, individual responsibility is the message of God's word. We need to place the blame for sinful actions where it belongs, directly upon the shoulders of the sinner. We need to teach the sinner, son or daughter or total stranger, that they alone will bear the guilt of their sins and that they alone can do something about it. Finally, let's read verses 21 through 23 of Ezekiel 18 and see the love of God extended to the sinner, and that includes all of us. The passage says, But if the wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed and observes all my statutes and practices justice and righteousness, he shall surely live, he shall not die. All his transgressions which he has committed will not be remembered against him. Because of his righteousness which he has practiced, he will live. Do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, rather than that he should turn from his way and live? The Sour Grapes Proverb It wasn't true in the days of Israel, and it isn't true now. Thanks for listening.